Hello and welcome to Things Musicians Don't Talk About with your hosts Hattie Butterworth and me Rebecca Toll. Within our vibrant musical world it can often feel that the struggles and humanity of the musicians is lost and restricted. Having both dealt in silence with mental, physical and emotional issues, we are now looking for a way to voice musicians' stories, discuss them further and to connect with the many others who suffer like we have. The personal issues we may face with our mental health, performance injury, work pressure and finances can be overlooked as the airbrush persona of musicians is sadly maintained. So join me, Hattie and guests as we attempt to bring an end to stigma by uncovering the things musicians don't talk about. So welcome to our third Voices Radio show. It's crazy that we're on number three now. I know. Every month has gone very, very fast. Yeah, so thank you for listening. Today we thought we'd start off with some Q&As from our lovely followers on Instagram Mm. and real life. I did accost my partner Stuart for some questions today, although he only gave me one. So it's my favourite thing to listen to is Q&As. Yeah, I like them. I don't know why, I find them really interesting. That parasocial relationship. It it? is, it is. It really gets it tighter. Tighter. Yeah, get tighter involved. Mm, Tighter involved. Yeah. That is good grammar. So, I'm going to ask you the first question. Okay, then you have to pass your phone to me. Oh, well, don't worry. Don't worry. What made you start the podcast, (laughs) Happy? Because you started it by yourself. I wasn't there at the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah, so I was saying I feel like I'm asked this a fair bit, but that I should probably come up with a better answer than I normally give. Not that it's a bad answer. It is answer. a very good answer. It's the truth. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like there are other things that I never mention about why I started it. And like the truth of it is, it's I'm finding it really hard to remember the thought process because it all happened in such a blurry time. Mm. And I wasn't very well when it started as well. So it's like, it's just really, it's really strange to kind of like try and think back to that time and like, why, why did you start it? But I was very clear that I knew one person I wanted to interview, mm-hmm. who was Frank Horvat. Yes. And he was the only person I'd found online. I'm sure it wasn't true, but like from my research, he was the only musician I'd found who had like, not only been open about his depression, but also used it for something creative or Yes. Like used as a positive influence and not felt like ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. He had like, yeah, so I knew I wanted to talk to him. So I, that was the first one I did was with him. And I just knew that I wanted people to be more open than they were being basically. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I maybe it was slightly selfish. Like I also had been having a lot of one-to-one conversations with people who had heard on the grapevine that I'd suffered with mental illness and they were maybe going through something. Yeah. So they'd be like, oh my God, hello, I've heard about your, I've heard about your issues. I've got issues. From where though? So I'd written a blog. No, I did an interview with my friend, Abby, who mm-hmm. had a blog about mental health problems. And most people on there used a pseudonym. So you didn't know who they were. Oh, wow. But I was like, I don't really care. Yeah. I was just in this phase of like, use my name babe it's fine so I posted that to my Facebook and like the crowd went wild (laughs) and they 
wanted more. <laughs> they wanted more of the depression. So that was the start of third year, I think. Mm -hmm. And then in third year, I also ran a half marathon in aid of help musicians. And for that, for my fundraising, what was that fourth year? Oh my God, that was fourth year. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So in fourth year, yeah, ran this marathon, half marathon. And part of my fundraising, like obviously you make a page. And on that page, I'd been very honest mm -hmm. about the struggles I'd had, basically. Mm -hmm. Was that the half marathon that we both unwittingly ran together yeah. before meeting each other? Very weird. Very did weird. You, did you run for a charity or just run? Just run with my dad. Nice. I guess family relationships can be a charity in themselves. It's true. Strengthens it. So yeah, I was like, sure, I wanted to do that basically to give back for the grant they'd given me towards mm -hmm. therapy and stuff like that so like I had started talking about it but you know I was still dealing with a lot of issues I think yes. like beneath the surface so yeah it was it definitely was just like quite as simple as I'd heard a few people talk I also selfishly wanted to share my story mm -hmm. just because I like talking about it yeah because it, it not only helps me but like I really believe in the power of connection because other people have helped me with sharing their stories yeah so, anyway very long. that's not really selfish I, I don't know you, <clears throat> you sometimes say like I selfishly wanted to share this but in no instance is that something I guess yeah if you're going into selfish as like a negative word I mm -hmm. wouldn't say that there's any situation in which sharing your story is selfish in that I think maybe Respect. other people's reactions have sometimes made me feel like I'm being selfish. Mm. And that's kind of where that feeling comes from. Mm -hmm. And also from just an insecurity. Yeah. You know, like, even if I do it in a pure-hearted way, mm -hmm. and it's, e it's, it's easy sometimes to do it from a selfish place. Like, I'm sure you've posted on Instagram yes. feeling like... Kind of for self-validation. Yeah, self-validation. It's not like, I don't want pity. It's like... I want, I want some kind of validation. Yeah, I want those people to be like, oh, wow, like, so great that you shared this. Or, yeah. like, kind of gives you a bit of, like, I'm strong. Yeah. Or, like, the little clapping hands emojis or, like, the fire emojis. You're like, yeah. So, like, I've definitely made mistakes in sharing. Yeah. But overall, I think it's really important. I'd be interested to see what you think because a lot at the moment I'm coming across people who are very private mm. and... I'm not very private, or I am. I kind of want people to know there is a private side to me, because mm. I think a lot of people think that I share everything. It's called Patreon. <laughs> 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 You've got to pay for the You've got to pay for the realty. No, but um, yeah, now I meet people and I want to get closer to people, and I often worry that they think that if they got close to me, then like. They might not like how open I am about my life. Mm, they like celebrities. I don't know. Do people find that? Yeah, because I'm such a celeb. Yeah. But do people find that off-putting? I, I don't know. Do they? I'm just worrying. Yeah, I think there is always a sense of paranoia about being open in a world that doesn't always encourage that openness and vulnerability. And like you said in a recent Instagram post, that rawness, like that unfilteredness is not very conducive with the classical music industry especially it's hard it's really hard yeah so that question was from eleanor oboe probably not her real name that would be a sick surname what's that called nominative determinism 
if your career ends up being something like Michael Crane, who works in construction. Or like, oh, I love that. I had a cooking, yeah, food tech teacher at school called Mrs. Curry. <laughs> and we thought that was so funny in like year five, whatever. We had a vicar called Elaine Goddard. Wow. <laughs> it was meant to be. And then my dad knew a vicar. It's always about vicars. Yeah. My dad knew a vicar called Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he still talks to Wendy Christmas, his wife. Wendy Christmas. Wendy Christmas, Mrs. Mrs. Christmas. Christmas. I guess, yeah, if you had the surname Christmas, you'd be like, I've got, I guess I, I've got to do it. <laughs> You've got to do it. I've just got to do it. Um, okay, do you want to ask one of the yeah. next questions? So you just, I put it in my favourites album. Love. Oh, I love this. What's been your favourite memory of TMDTA and your least favourite memory? That's actually a really good question. I didn't know we had that one, even though I screenshotted them. My favourite memory of TMDTA, it's tricky because there are lots of facets to TMDTA. So I can think of like when we did that workshop, the National Youth Jazz Orchestra, mm. that feels like a really fond memory. And it was like in that amazing building with these you know musicians that we were just like you're so cool but yet you know it's also a lovely here. summer's day wasn't it it was it and was it was really like fun pod outing and like yeah and we met at a coffee shop beforehand to go through yeah. it yeah it's really fun and I, I took the bus in and there was just all these things and like that was such a satisfying and like wholesome real world difference kind of feeling so I guess there's that but then in terms of like what we mostly do which is you know recording and stuff there have been so many lovely interviewing experiences mm. like when we went to Racky Singh's house oh yeah that was so lovely because it felt like was that maybe our first interview when we'd gone into someone's space yeah in person and I was really nervous about kind of asking them personal questions in their personal space and also I'd driven there and I was a bit worried about parking and all these things but it ended up being so inviting and so open and she was great she's doing so incredibly so amazingly. now like that's the same with quite a lot of the previous guests we've had yeah who like obviously they were always on a level yeah like Manchester Collective has been like a big deal for a while mm. but now Raki on her own as well is like yeah forging such an incredible path and then obviously obviously, because of our podcast obviously (laughs) and then there's elena as well oh yeah and then people aaron who we're about to interview today aaron oh my god sorry who's aaron why did i say aaron don't know do you know why it's that hamilton virus yeah (laughs) aaron burke sir are you aaron burr sir um no it's not aaron (laughs) okay so yeah. Your favourite memory, though, now? I think my favourite memory was Nigel. Oh, sorry. Okay. And then there have been lots of... The whole process has been really just amazing. Yeah, but we want the negative tea. Yeah, no, I'm going to give you negative tea. I think... I'm trying to sift through, like... I mean, obviously, there's, like, boring editing memories. <laughs> but there's also been podcast interviews afterwards where I've been, like, I feel like such a fool. Yeah. Or, like, oh, God, yeah. Definitely. I feel like that didn't go very well or yeah don't think I really want to name names but there have been a couple that I've been like either we shouldn't have asked them to be on the pod or shouldn't shouldn't have like replied to their email or whatever 
or I should have done more research or just been more careful with my words because I felt like I came across either really insensitive on some topics or just stupid. <laughs> and it is mm. easy when you're editing sometimes to kind of cut those bits out, but we try and keep some of it in just for kind of authenticity. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm going to fire that one back to you because I'm interested in what your least favourite and most favourite memories are of TMZ. Yeah, I think my favourite memory... Mm, it's actually really hard, isn't it's it? It's so hard. Cause I feel like I need to like... go back on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I think... Um, oh my gosh, what happened last summer? To be fair, there was this one time where we got an email from a brand being like, do you want some sponsorship? <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. And then it turned out that we didn't really gel with the brand's like ethics and like their mm. website and stuff. So that was one of those moments where you thought you had like the best thing ever and then the worst thing where you're like, are we going to say no to like our only sponsorship offer? That was, yeah, that was scary. I actually, I really enjoyed after the Help Musicians yes. event and meeting people that I've wanted to meet for That's so long true. and like it and it's the same in my job now like you can email someone as much as you want but until you're in a room with them and you're like vibing with them on a personal level yeah and you're kind of like something could come of this just because we know each other now and yeah. it's you know you're not just a name anymore you're yeah. more than that and like I think that's really important that we yeah that we've been meeting as many people as possible and like yeah turning things from being just email based or just like blog based or words based and turning into like of seeing how our personalities vibe or mm -hmm. not or you know so I always kind of feel like that's probably a favorite memory just because I really loved like the girl the girls from ISM was so fun oh, they and also Lucy Hayward who met like yes really vibe with her I love her so much so I just thought of another favorite memory oh go on yeah I was in the toilet once at St John Smith Square and someone was like you're from that podcast aren't you and I was like okay this is one of my favorite memories that's so <laughs> cute also Ellie's concert I know oh, that shit, wasn't yeah. us so her ensemble yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure she'd hated that I said it was her concert but well, it was a concert that she was very much involved in yeah that was really fun that made me feel like it was also like a big anxiety achievement mm. for me being out that late and like mm. genuinely enjoying myself, not pretending. Yeah. You know, and leaving at a time where I felt I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really fun. I think anyway, negative memories. <laughs> been some emails that like oh just not enjoyed. Um like what? without like disclosing things you don't like, want to disclose being really vulnerable in terms of explaining to someone our needs or whatever. Yeah. And then them coming back sort of saying, I don't know, I always get quite angry when someone says, we love your idea, but mm. like, why are you asking us for support mm. a little bit? Yes, that's true. That it's always in like a nasty memory. Cause I'm just like, how can you not see that this is the one thing that can't stop yeah and I almost feel like sometimes we're really like pushed to the edge with it yes and that really upsets me because I'm like you can tell us that you're grateful we're here but it's actually quite a lot for us a lot to do yeah and it like it takes a lot to ask for help and mm. support in any area of life 
and especially when it comes to like maybe financial support or help in, in those kind of ways that is really hard to ask for when you've just kind of built your project from the ground up for them to be told like we don't think you really need it hmm. one more bad memory though is sometimes when my parents have listened to something or read something that I've written mm. and taken it the wrong way or like called me up yeah and sort of oh, yeah same something that's something I've said or something that was really authentic to me has like backfired yeah and I really hate that so much but at the same time like kind of sometimes feel like that needs to happen yeah. in order for them to understand me or you're kind of yeah grateful it happens but it's really not terrible nice. memory yeah so it's risks isn't it like it yeah. really there are some huge risks but also it, it kind of has meant you can't hide anymore yeah in some parts of your life um i think actually that's been completely the ending of negative hiding things i shouldn't have been hiding yes for me so it's hard to know sometimes when like yeah to hide and when not to hello baby there's my cat Becca's cat cuddle. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. She's wet. She's a wet cat. <laughs> she wants to speak into the microphone. Yeah. If you could interview anyone, who would it be? I hate these questions because I feel like I don't know enough cool names. And like, yeah, I never have a good enough answer. It's like that dinner party one. Like, you don't want to be cliche and say like David Attenborough. Oh but... God, but I would interview him in a flash. Yeah. Um, who would I interview? I mean, to be fair, Simon Russell at the moment is saying some really, like, realistic things <laughs> about the arts. And I wouldn't necessarily interview him, but, like, somebody of his calibre that's, like, mm. in that powerful position where you can speak out and it's, like, actually quite a big deal that you're speaking out about stuff in, like, a real kind of, not pessimistic, but just real way. Yeah. I totally agree. I don't know who that would be. And that, that's kind of what's hard to pinpoint is like... It kind of, that question kind of sounds like it has to be someone famous. Yeah, that's true. But quite often mine are based on experiences. Like I'm yeah. really excited to talk to Gavin Higgins mm. about OCD. Yes. Because I know... He wants to talk about it and so do I. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I know that'll be a really fulfilling conversation. Yeah. Regardless of, I guess, how famous someone is or like. Yeah. But yeah. I guess I, I want to talk to people that seem to have a lot of fame and don't use their platform to speak about stuff. Mm. And ask them why. Yeah. And ask them why. Yeah. Without being. No, I'm the same. And it's like, how much is this your PR person telling you? Yeah. But the more I learn about PR, like it is normally led by the artist. Yeah. And if they've said no go on personal life and no go on social issues, yeah. then that normally means that's led by them, you know? So, yeah, yeah, that's, I, a, that's a good point. I would be interested in talking to Tina Tinghelseth about, like, yeah. coming back from cancer. I would really enjoy, yeah, like, not enjoy playing, that, but, like, I agree. I think it would be so, especially something you know playing trumpet is so physical same with sophie bevan who's yeah. just had cancer as well yeah my question to you is how do you balance the podcast with your other commitments so <laughs> i love this question because i could 
What is your cat doing? Can I just say? What is she? He's trying to do a roly poly. You little squirmy rat. Maybe. I'm sorry I called you a rat. Didn't mean to. (laughs) Um. So, I am finding it harder and harder. I'd say, but I'm definitely. I think because I have now. I used to do quite a lot of pod stuff during my work hours because I had so much time during my work hours and now I don't. So I kind of keep it for the weekend and a few evenings a week. Mm -hmm. And I think actually doing that so far has meant I'm more motivated to do it. Yeah. Because it's like not my day job. Yes. So there's more of a divide and so it's more kind of interesting. So I think I would probably spend like an afternoon in the weekend doing stuff and then maybe like a few evenings a week and then you know obviously sometimes pod things kind of take priority in the month and sometimes they don't so it's tough like I think we also manage it by being honest and saying this can't be like work yeah am I allowed to say that yeah I think so and I think some people expect maybe that this is our work some people who was it that asked you is it full-time the other day someone asked us like oh is this what you do full-time and we're like oh my god no literally we are paying so much money to do this (laughs) yeah so I think because of that some people or some people kind of assume that it it has to have this like professionalism and intensity but I think we've had to be honest recently with people and say actually no it will be haphazard yeah we actually can't manage to do it but it's it can still work yeah I think because we, you know, we both had different lives and jobs and relationship and career, you know, things like during the time on the pod, which has made it very difficult to find one way to do it and stick Mm -hmm. with that all the time. So there'll be weeks where I don't do anything like Mm -hmm. on it and I'll just constantly kind of be adding things on the to-do list being like oh god there's like so much to do I I don't like balance my commitments very well definitely when it comes to the pod like Mm. I want to do it all the time yeah because it feels so important yeah but then I very like very quickly get overwhelmed by how Mm. much we could be doing Mm. like I don't think people don't want to be like you know people just don't see how much we do but it's like I could easily spend all day every day on this like oh gosh yeah with the emails and the editing and that's where it becomes a shame because it's like oh what would we achieve if yeah that happened but I guess as well part of it is just being honest that it probably can't be yeah and that's also okay and it is also part of what makes us so special as a podcast and everything is that clang 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 that it's not a business you know we don't yeah. have to do advertising and, and all these kind of business things in yeah. the same way as much as you know I would love a weekly meeting you know that also isn't sustainable or realistic because you know we will cancel most weeks we and- also made a like quite a big decision just maybe we're going to like ruin our career here by saying this but we are very cautious about PR as well now so if we get a PR pitch whereas before it's kind of like oh this artist is being represented that must mean 
there that we should interview them yeah actually you can sacrifice quite a lot of your own creativity through always like pandering to Mm. pictures and other people's ideas not to say that it's completely not useful because obviously it is like i rely on pr so much in a magazine and stuff but in terms of this it's it's very different yeah and it is so much work for us to produce even one episode which you know we love but it then has to mean that we're a bit pickier about who we say yes to which often I really struggle with like I'm always saying to Hattie like oh we haven't replied to this person we haven't replied to this person it's like it's okay you know this is on the surface of things still a hobby essentially like it's a very important hobby that we are growing and growing and growing but you know my brother doesn't have to say yes to every tennis match that comes his way absolutely so. <laughs> not um yeah although he does I'm sure yeah, because you can also get into you're also doing them a disservice. I think yeah. if you don't if you don't match. Yeah, and I think I need to get better at like not stringing people along and just saying a, a straight up no. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because you can. I think a lot of people say they'd rather a no than a sort of half-hearted yes that's going to turn into a no. Yeah, I very easily can just like leave people on red. Oh yeah, it's my favorite thing to do. And be like, oh, oh, sorry for the slow reply again. Like, you know, I'll get back to you. And it's like, we actually don't have any time for this. And that's okay. Cause you know, you would never expect somebody outside their work hours to give you their out of work hours. No way. All the time. No way. Um, but that's a thing that you feel like you should be giving to people because it's important and because we're very visible and because they clearly have good things to say. Hmm. Yeah, I'm bad at balancing my commitments, okay? And I'm proud of it. <laughs> You're a lot better than you think you are, I think. I am better since you quit. giving some teaching up. Yeah. That's been a real blessing. And I'm just forcing myself to step out my comfort zone in terms of, like, calling people and emailing and this kind of stuff. Oh, my God. It's scary. I, like, forced you to answer the phone the other day. It was very good for me. Or did you, I forced you to call her? Yeah, it wasn't even answering. Oh, maybe answering is scarier. I don't know. Oh, they're both terrifying, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, answering, for me, is a lot it's a lot scarier. Mm. I very rarely answer the phone. I normally call someone back because I just find it too... I never call them back. I just text or email back. My accountant always calls me and I send her an email in reply. Stop. Jane. <laughs> Everyone knows you have an accountant, Becca, okay? Okay. Ooh. Karma. Yeah. Uh, shall I ask the next question? Yes, I reckon this will be our last one. There's two to choose from. Okay. Well, we can do them both very quickly. Mm-hmm. Any TMDTA events coming up? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I knew it would be quick. I'd love to do a live show. And we also considered doing like a concert dress swap. Mm. Like a kind of event maybe in collab with someone. But no. I think it'd probably be a collab if we did anything soon. It'd be nice. That'd be. I'd love to do that. It's just money. Or like a pre-concert like. talk or something. Yeah. That'd be really fun. If you have money and would like us to... Well, don't have to give up. I was going to say, I don't really mind doing no, like, free. If you if you want to put an event on, you generally have to have money to do that. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll come for free, but... We will come. Yeah. So, no, but please help. But maybe. You yeah. know, I think we're open to it. Oh, no, we'd love to. We just don't have anything planned. We've got tote bags, if that counts, coming. That makes me feel a bit sad now. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, we haven't really got any events. I would like to do Musicians Injury Awareness Week again this year. Yeah. In November. Or maybe we might also do something around Mental Health Awareness Week. Yes. In not May. Musicians Mental Health Month, which is apparently this month. So the next one I really liked this question, the last question. 
how to manage adrenaline, not crashing after performances slash leading rehearsals. So there's this, like, I'm sure this is the same for any performer. Like once you've done a big performance or a big rehearsal, like even a big interview, Mm. there's just a sense of like burnout and crash and you feel your brain is just gone or your body as well is just like not functioning. And you can be in a cyclical relationship with those kinds of feelings and you you know you can kind of go from one rehearsal to the next and sort of crash out in each one and I think it's it feels like a risk to not give your full self at every rehearsal or every performance yeah but I think there's not enough people saying that you don't actually have to Mm -hmm. like you don't have to be a hundred percent and maybe that's the kind of toxic side that we have been told. Like, oh, you know, you must be a full... If you commit to the music, that's the most important thing. Go for it, go for it. But it's like self-preservation means that you then will have to cancel when things become too overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know? Rehearsals can be really intense in the lead-up yeah. to something. And then if it, like, is detrimental to the actual performance, like, why? There's a real balance to find between, like, feeling energised by rehearsing and burning yourself out yeah I think string players and pianists are like because you physically can't go on sometimes no exactly that is you learn how to pace yourself that's yeah I think that's a really positive thing in the brass and wind kind of world that we just don't have like the toxicity doesn't you know it, it perpetuates this feeling that you have to give everything at every rehearsal and then after the rehearsal go and practice more and yeah you know keep getting all these hours even if you've been rehearsing all day because they don't count yeah and all of this so I think maybe it's easier for you or maybe it just means that you have had to accept that you have to rest because your mouth cannot take it yum 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 too much advice yeah either that or like because we have more time off you know we're often not called for the second Mm. movement or something so then you go to the pub and then like there's all like the social adrenaline or like energy that you've got to manage a bit better so, yeah, um, again, especially at the moment where if I go into a rehearsal, it's generally, as a freelancer, you know, it's probably somewhere I haven't been before or, like, I haven't played with these people before. So it feels like you do have to give 100% because it's like, you know, I want to make a good impression. I want to be asked back. But it's not sustainable. And mm. even if that's, yeah, not giving 100% to the social situations or, like, not giving 100% to the music, whatever it is, you do just have to get to know yourself really well. And, you know, even when you know yourself really well. We all want to control, don't we? But also things change from week to week. You know, you might be ill. You might have had Hmm. other stuff on in the week. You know, a lot of people are running to teaching or from teaching. or Your capacity to do things changes all the time from what you thought they were. Yeah, I don't really have any, like, specific answers. But no, I think being open about... I still get it wrong all the time. Yeah. Even for pod interviews, I often find that some interviews leave me more drained than I expected. Totally. Like, the day after our recent workshops that we did, I was out for the count. I was so tired. And I, you know, I can appreciate that we did four hours of workshops after travelling from London to Perth. But it, it is like that vulnerability hangover that you talk about so eloquently like it you know that's not an original from me though that's Brené Brown yeah but yeah it's very it's very true yeah and sometimes it's like 
it all changes and it's difficult to know yourself in relation to others and yeah. all this stuff. And also, like, to know... Because I might say, oh, now I've learned how to pace myself, whereas when I was 22, I didn't. But I don't know whether that's just because I didn't have the same support there. Yeah. Or, like, you just don't know what factors influence feeling yeah. sort of adrenaline burnout or... And it's an element of I've gotten better at it the more I've learned not to care or not to worry yeah. as much about what other people perceive me to like mm. be giving in terms of energy and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think for me as well, like having a weekend again. Mm. I mean, it's funny though, because like, you could say, oh, I'm breaking up my weekend by coming here. But that's what I mean by really trying not to make TMDCA into a job. Yeah, it's a Sunday, by the way. It's a Sunday, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so I think if this were, if this had loads of pressure on it and was like a job, yeah. I think this would feel like work, but luckily it doesn't right now. So anyway, committing to having a weekend. Mm -hmm. And as I said to you and to Stu before we started recording, like I'm always tempted to get my laptop out and yeah. to get ahead mm -hmm. for the week. But, you know, I've seen my mum when she was a teacher, she did that and it did not end well. Like I've seen yeah. time and time again, it doesn't end well when the lines are blurred mm -hmm. too much. So maybe that's also helpful to like, have two consecutive days off. Yeah, it's a big thing. It shouldn't be as like big a revelation as it is for freelancers. But... Literally. But it is. But it is. Oh, it is. So that's our show for today. We Thank hope you, you enjoy our... Our three little... Three little shows that we've done. Uh, but yeah, thank you to Voices Radio for our three-show trial. It's really meant a lot, actually, to be able to sort of spread our world and conversations spread beyond... Just beyond the like usually very tight yes. lines of classical music and yes. actually to remember that these conversations are quite universal completely so yeah we're really grateful to have had yeah. had this platform if you want to find us on the social media we are at tmdta podcast on everything and if you want to get in touch via email we are things musicians don't talk about at gmail.com um yeah thanks thank you everybody see you later Bye.